0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Bucks and Six Podcast. My name is Steve Windorf, and alongside me today is my co host Hershey Winkleman. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bucks and Six FFSN for updates, news, and more. On today's show, we are going to recap the 138 to 122 victory for the Milwaukee Bucks in game two as we head to Miami with the series tied back at 1 1. Hirsch, give me your thoughts on the game last night.
1: Yeah, you know, I thought it was a really resounding bounce back victory for the Bucs. Um, it showed that maybe that game one, that game one loss, even with Giannis, could have been the anomaly. And, you know, I think that that was the shooting performance that we were, you know, that we were looking for going in. Um, I, I, all, a lot of the role players stepped up and, you know, it, it was it was nice to see. What were your thoughts on it?
0: we definitely shot lights out of the ball Uh, yesterday. uh, We took 49 threes and made 25 of them. That's 51% from three point line. Well above our season average. Um, Obviously a lot better than our game one shooting performance. Um, We, and the thing is is we we got the three point shot by attacking the paint to start out the game. I mean, we had 52 points in the paint that game and it felt like we were just dominant. We could get whatever we want, anything from 15 feet inside. Um, the one thing I wish we could have done a little better is maybe get a couple more free throws. I mean, we only shot eight free throws, made seven of them, but you know, with how physical and dominant we were in the paint that game would have loved to see us get a couple more shots in from the free throw line.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think we do need to attack, especially if we're, you know, if we're pounding it inside. Um, Do you think that maybe us pounding it inside early led to, you know, some open threes?
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, like the first first, like 10 or not 10 minutes, sorry. The first two minutes of the game, three minutes of the game. I mean, we were just getting the ball to Brooke Lopez in the paint, whether it was through like an alley-oop or a pick and roll. I mean, he was just getting the ball and making easy, easy layups and dunks. Uh, and that kind of set the precedent for the rest of the game. So it allowed us to take uh, those threes open threes and we hit them this game. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing that this Bucks team does is they'll they'll attack the paint and then they'll create some open threes through that paint attacking. Um and they they executed it nearly perfectly in game 2.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and when we look at the heat, you know, uh 44% from 3, I I still think the Bucks can do can can do a better job defensively. Um I know a lot of that was, you know, towards the end of the game when Neither team was really trying super hard, but I, I think the Bucks can do a better job of still, you know, defending the three point shot. And I mean, I know it's tough. It's a it's a tough ask, but Jimmy Jimmy Butler's been uh tearing us apart offensively. And if you know we can slow him down a little bit, I think I think that would go a long way in, you know, wrapping up the series quicker.
0: For sure. But do you think that maybe something to do with the Bucks strategy is along the lines of letting Jimmy Butler kind of get to his spots and then preventing the rest of the heat team from doing what they need to do. And I then just tire out Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy was gassed yesterday. He couldn't even play in the fourth quarter. He was so tired. I mean, I think that's part of it, but
1: I mean, when you look at like Cody Martin going five of eight and two from four from three with 15 points, I and mean, it was an off game for Max Strews, uh, only four points, one of four shooting. We don't know how often we're going to get that. And I mean, the Heat, the Heat do have the shooters to, you know, stay in a game if we just like allow them to. And I I think we're going to need to play better defense on both Jimmy Butler and defending
0: the three going forward. For sure. But the thing is the Heat do have these shooters, but they still were the fourth worst three-point shooting in the regular season out of all 30 teams in the NBA. Um, so at the end of the day, and they also lost Tyler Hero, who is their best three-point shooting creator. Um, it just, it doesn't seem realistic for them to continue to put up these, you know, high elite shooting percent uh, numbers. Again, 44% from three is really dang good for the Heat. And we still uh, destroyed them and we dominated them. I think that shows how good this Bucks team can be when it plays at its full strength. And we basically just need not not have those games where every player on the heat is shooting like 60% from the field.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think you made a great point about uh, Tyler hero there. When you, when you talked about his, his uh, three point creation, I mean, whether it be him shooting the three or him, you know, facilitating an open three pointer for others, I think them losing him for the series was, you know, was, it's detrimental extremely to their team. I think he was their third best player, like by a long shot
0: mm-hmm he's their second best score maybe even their like best true score at the end of the day too
1: yeah i mean i he's got definitely a, a pretty deep bag and he's probably a better shooter
0: than jimmy butler so for sure bucks were just trying to give jimmy butler those threes they're letting him take him he couldn't even couldn't even get him uh, on target so um so i know i know we looked at a lot last week
1: we were talking about drew holiday and his efficiency and you know can he? Can he? You know, up his scoring. Um, he put up twenty four and eleven assists on ten of nineteen from the field. Uh, what, what What are your thoughts on Drew's performance? And you know, if he can improve, if he can still improve, or are you happy with what he did?
0: It was definitely the bounce back game that everybody was looking for from Drew. Offensively, defensively, I mean, he was on Jimmy Butler for most of the game, and Jimmy Butler was just getting to wherever he wanted. And, but like I said, I think that might have to do a little bit, uh, something with what the Bucks' strategy is for this series. But offensively, though, Drew Holiday was, was phenomenal. I mean, just absolutely phenomenal out there. He was hitting threes. He was getting to the paint. He was outbodying Kyle Lowry. He was get, just getting whatever he wanted, basically. And again, his facilitating has just been on point this, uh, this playoff so far.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I think like like we touched on last last time as well, um, you know, we, we wanted we wanted to see Brooke Lopez score a lot more in the paint. And we wanted the box as a whole to, you know, go go to the basket a little bit more. And we saw Brooke Lopez take 17 shots. Only one of them was a three pointer, which I think was something that you were specifically advocating for was for Brooke to take less threes. Um, looking at 16 shots in the inside the arc, I know a lot of them were in the paint as well. He went 12 for 17, uh put up 24 points. Um you know, I think I think that's I think that's really big for the Bucks' uh success. I think even if Giannis is not there, if he is there on a limited or restricted basis, I think you know, I think Brook
0: Lopez is pretty instrumental to what the Bucks do now at this point. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, I think we both said something along the lines of in the last podcast that Brooke needs to be more dominant in the paint and be a lot more like his old Brooklyn net self, especially when Giannis doesn't play and especially that the heat are such a small team. I mean, their biggest starter yesterday was bam out bio. Their second biggest starter was Jimmy Butler. Brooke should have no problem feasting on them every game. If, if it's the case, if that's the case. Absolutely.
1: I mean, and, and when I mean, you're talking about like the, the heat size. I mean, when we're looking at, Again, like Bobby Portis, who steps in that starting role that now that Giannis, you know, was out that game. Um, I know he didn't score a ton, but he was extremely efficient from the field going five of nine and three from four from three. But, but the thing that stands out to me the most about Bobby stat line is the 15 rebounds. You know, I, I don't think that, like you said, I mean, if Bam Adebayo is what, 6'9", 6'10", at their starting center, I mean, our our four and five are both taller and bigger than him. So I, I think I, I think we're gonna be able to feast on the boards, and I think that's gonna be a, like a huge a huge factor for the Bucs. You know, I think we did lead the league in rebounding this year, and I think especially like going later on in series against teams like the Knicks or the Cavs or you know the Celtics or the Sixers, I think rebounding is gonna be a, a, a massive factor in those series as to who who wins, you know, who gets those hustle points, who gets those offensive rebounds, the second chance, those putbacks, you know, I think. But it's good to see, you know, Bobby Portis, even with, you know, 13 points, still put up 15 rebounds and five assists, stepping in for Giannis.
0: Yeah, he had an all-around game. He was great. I mean, Bobby Portis is, you know, known for being a double-double machine off the bench, six-man-of-the-year candidate. He's a great player. Love what he brought to the game for the Bucs yesterday.
1: What are your thoughts on uh, the other Buck shooters? Um, I know I know we were kind of looking at them in game one and we were looking at guys like Grayson, guys like you know, the role the other role players like Javon. We were talking about his transition uh three point uh shot selection. But um yeah, what, what were your thoughts on guys like Pat and you know Joe Ingles, guys like Grayson and, in and that game?
0: Well, first off, my question is where was Pat Connington in game one? My gosh, that guy was on fire in the first half. And even in the second half, he had a couple threes, but oh my Lord, was he good in that game? Um, I don't know if it was like, he wasn't on the injury report for game one. I think it might've just been, we, our team is so deep, Bud just didn't play him, which was confusing to me because Pat has just been such a crucial part to our team for the last five or so years. Um, Especially in our championship run, he was our best three point shooter. Um, but yeah, Pat Connington was phenomenal in that game. Joe Ingles, six of seven, five of six from the three point line. He was also on a different level that game. He was great in the first game as well. Uh, so it's good to see someone like Joe Ingles, a good seasoned veteran come in and be consistent in these playoffs. Um, with Grayson Allen, he was also really good. Actually, he shot four for eight from three, uh, just getting some more shots up in the game one. He didn't even really take too many threes. I'm happy to see him put those up and put them up with confidence.
1: Definitely, I mean, and we when we talk about a guy like Joe Ingles, I think that's you know, I think it's an underrated addition to the team, and I don't think very many people, you know, in the national media were really talking about the fact that the Bucks picked up a guy like Joe Ingles because he was hurt for you know the first half of the season, but Mm -hmm. you know since since he's come back, I mean, I love the addition. I think the veteran, you know, savviness he brings, his size, and the fact that he's you know he's a great facilitator and he can hit the three um and play you know great defense and i mean like like you said i mean his performance was great uh plus plus 28 on the plus minus just shows that you know when he's out there the bucks are successful
0: for sure i mean he was great back in his utah jazz days too he'd always give the bucks problems i remember um he's just like a jack of all trades at the end of the day he can really just do it all uh he's a great role player to have he's a great locker room presence it seems like Love a guy like Joe Ingalls on this team.
1: Also, going back to the Heat for a sec, I know, I know in the first, uh, one of the first podcasts we did, and we were talking about the play in and, you know, Max Struess going off. Um, you know, we only we held him to four points and he only made one shot in the game. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on, you know, Max Struess's consistency? And is it, is he, you know, kind of a flash in the pan guy who's going to have, you know, like one good game? In a series or is or is or or do you or do you think the Bucks are, you know, kind of honing in on him to try to stop him from shooting the lights out?
0: Um, I mean, I think with a guy like Max Struess, guys like that in general who are, you know, known for just being spot up, catch and shoot three point shooters, um, they're typically, you know, hot and cold. They're streaky. And, you know, they'll have games where they can make seven of their eight three pointers, and then they'll have games where they go oh for seven. So I think it was just one of those games where Struce, you know, just missing his shots. Think you know you're going to have to worry about him. We're always going to have to you know game plan for a guy like that, a guy like Duncan Robinson, a guy like Gabe Vincent, all those guys. You know they're all capable of hitting the three point shot and hitting it at a pretty high percentage. Um, we're just going to have to keep playing some good defense at the perimeter, take away those paint shots, make it tough for them to get into the paint, make them take uh, those. Contested mid range shots, and then you know they're going to get a couple open threes. You can't avoid it, especially with guys like Max Strews, Gabe Vincent, where their sole job is to look for those three point shots.
1: No, definitely. Um, and you know, I like, I mean, like I was saying earlier, um, the Heat have been, you know, shooting the lights out compared to what they were doing in the regular season from three. And I i do think that the bucks do still need to, you know, focus
0: in on um, three point shooting defense. For sure. Yeah. I mean, they took 36 of them this game in comparison to what was it, 25 they took in the other game. I mean, they were taking more of them this game, too. But I think that's almost a good thing is that they feel uncomfortable getting to the paint. Whereas in game one, they were getting to the paint. They were getting to their spots in the mid-range game all day on us. I think we made it a lot tougher for them to do that. And yeah, their guys were just hitting threes. But at the end of the day, we just simply out-talented them. I mean, they shot they shot 10 percent better than what they normally shoot in the regular season from three. And we were still up by 30 for majority of the game.
1: I mean, yeah. and, And like, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but our largest lead of the game was 36. I mean, it was it was a it was a pretty
0: nasty blowout at one point. For sure. Yeah. I know the score only says 138 to 122, but it was only that close because within like the last five or six minutes, the Heat players... The heat bench players were, you know, they were making their shots. They were trying super, super hard while the Bucks put in most of their reserves. Just trying to keep their guys healthy for the next game. So oh. I look into it too deeply as well as I was also checking in the first half, actually, the heat were shooting like 30 percent from three too. So I think a lot of that 44 percent came from that last six minute, five minute stretch of the fourth quarter where they were just pulling up open threes.
1: Yeah, I mean, and one thing we can say is interesting is that uh, Marjan Beauchamp, our rookie, for it, finally got his first playoff minutes, although it was like 30 seconds at the end, but still. Yeah, it's exciting. Good for him. Good for him. he got some
0: experience now. Yeah, good for him. Um, if there's one thing that I could critique about that, actually, Buck's performance, offensively at least, um, we only got to the free throw line eight times. And I think that, you know, with a team as big as us, as physical as us, The heat shouldn't have gotten to the line three times as much as we did. That's, that's pretty ridiculous to me. I think that we definitely need to get at least 15 to 20 free throws a game on these guys. And I guess, you know, not having Giannis is a big game changer, whereas he usually provides most of our free throw opportunities, but I would like to see us get to the line a little bit more outside of just Giannis.
1: Definitely. I mean, I, and I know Drew Holiday uh, was being like a lot more aggressive, but I mean, we know Drew Holiday can, you know, draw fouls. You've seen Bobby Portis draw fouls, Brooke Lopez draw fouls. All of those guys have the capability of, you know, racking up free throws. And Middleton as well. And so, yeah, I agree. I mean, we're definitely going to have to do a better job of getting to the line, getting the other team in foul trouble as well. And, I mean, that's going to be super important going forward when, you know, we're going up against bigs like maybe like a Julius Randle or, or an Ivan Mobley, and we can try to get them in foul trouble and get them out of the game.
0: For sure, for sure. The other thing I wanted to point out, though, is we only had 11 turnovers. So I was a I was a huge fan of our ball movement and the way that we could, you know, spread our offense out. We opened up the floor for guys like Brooke Lopez to get into the paint, get his shots. Um, I want to keep seeing that great ball movement from the box. That, that was very pleasing to see. Uh, there were a couple times really where there was someone open for three and then we'd swing it all the way across from one corner to the other corner of the three point arc. And that's just the stuff that I like to see from this team.
1: Yeah. And one thing on that, that I noticed a lot actually in the last game is that when they would do those weak side swings all the way around, instead of taking that last three, a lot of the time the player would pump fake on the box and then drive. And it would literally be a wide open lane to the hoop or a dumb mm-hmm. ball. brook. Yeah. Who's getting all of his paint touches. So yeah, I, I agree that that ball movement on the perimeter is super important to like uh, to like getting good shots, like good, good percentage looks.
0: For sure. Let's talk a little sustainability here. Um, as for the box, do you think that we can shoot the lights out like this again in future games against this heat team, whether it be in Miami or back in Milwaukee?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, like we talked about, I mean, I think, I think pounding the ball inside will in turn open up the outside game. Um, so I, I think we need to continue whether we have Giannis or not, um, you know, pounding the ball inside with Brooke and Bobby and and have Drew keep penetrating. And, you know, I think that will open up those wide open threes for guys like Chris, guys like Grayson, guys like Pat, guys like Joe Ingles, you know, to just sit there and literally just catch and shoot.
0: For sure. For sure. Um, as for the Heat, though, do you think that they can continue to shoot at this unbelievable three point percentage? significantly better than they were all year during the regular season?
1: Well, I mean, I hope not, but I mean, it, it's kind of been proven that some players will step up their game in playoffs. And so, I mean, yeah, it definitely looks strange statistically, the fact that they're shooting so much better in the playoffs than they are in the regular season, but that may just be like the players want, like they they just have have more on the line.
0: For sure, could also have something to do a little bit with uh, the Bucks' defensive scheme with the whole drop coverage.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Bucks are known for like that drop coverage defense, or on this on the screen, the center would like soft hedge and then drop back super hard, mm-hmm. and forces the uh, the on ball defender to get back and recover quickly. And I know something I've noticed, unfortunately, is Grayson Allen gets caught on a lot of those as the on ball defender. Um, On those drop coverage plays, he he's, has a tough time getting around screens, but I don't blame him because he's not very big. So,
0: Yeah, and we also have other guys that, you know, if worst comes to worst, we need that defense. We can throw in someone like a Jay Crowder.
1: Definitely, and I think, you know, I don't think we talk about it enough, but Jay Crowder, as much as he hasn't been able to hit shots in the playoffs, is still a great addition. You know, defensively, rebounding,
0: just having that dog in him. Yeah, he plays hard. He plays some hard basketball out there. I mean, he definitely gives me a little uh, uh, reminiscence of the PJ Tucker role for the Bucs a couple years back. I mean, what he does out there in defense is just great for us. He plays so hard. He's always just trying to take the guy, take the best guy. Can't ask for much more from a role player who's the 10th man on the team, maybe. Definitely. And I mean, looking
1: forward, we're not. Definitely. We're not hundred percent sure whether Giannis is going to play in game three. Um, it's still up in the air. He still is on the injury report, but nothing, no reports have been released yet, whether or not he will be in fact like questionable or doubtful or probable for game three. Um, in your mind, where does that leave the box going forward? Do you think, you know, do you think we're set and you don't think we really need him back or you
0: still, still want to see Giannis pretty soon? Um, I think we definitely need him back. Um, It's just that with Giannis and with how we played last game, if we need to rest him again, so be it. I'm okay with it. I think that this team proved that they have what it takes if they play the right type of basketball to deal with this heat team. If we need to give Giannis another day of rest or another game of rest rather, then let's do it. But if he can play, I mean I'm at the point where I'm pretty concerned for the heat to see what he would do if he played because what we did without Giannis beating them basically having a 30 point lead for 3 quarters of a 4 quarter basketball game it just it just brings me back to my whole I I said bucks and in 4 initially and then when we lost game 1 I was like bucks and 5 I it, I thought, I thought that whole first game from the heat was an anomaly I you thought stick- it was an anomaly on both sides, rather actually. I thought it was an anomaly on both sides, rather that the Bucks shot twenty four percent and the Heat shot sixty percent, and it's starting to balance out a little bit more with the Bucks being a dominant three point shooting team again, and the Heat still very good from three, very good from three, but not they just couldn't out talent us at the end of the day. So are you are you sticking with your Bucks and five take? For sure, yeah. I, I'm I'm pretty locked into the whole Bucks and five thing now. Um. I, I, I could see us taking both games in Miami with how we play. I mean, if we can just play that style of basketball, not even shoot that well, just play that style of basketball again, we should have no problem dealing with them. They're just too small for us.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I, I simply don't think they have the offensive firepower as well to just, you know, keep up with the Bucks scoring. For
0: sure. Yeah, no Tyler Hero. Like, who, who's going to be getting them their buckets in reality? I mean, Jimmy Butler can only do so much on his own exactly but um yeah i think that's all we have for today but
1: um make sure to like subscribe download and follow us on twitter at bucks and six ffsn for more you can also check out our instagram at bucks and six ffsn for even more bucks content